Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Seriously, man, you don't really think we're going to see any Canutes and 41 Rockies jerseys here at Coors Field, do you? I mean, no offense, I know you're a local and all, but that was a long time ago. You never know. I've seen some old guy jerseys around here, haven't you? In fact, I actually heard from a really good source. You mean you saw it on Twitter. Whatever. I heard that Chad Cool's wearing 41 now for the Rockies because he grew up a Milwaukee Brewers fan and he watched me wearing number 41 back in the day. That, you know, that's pretty cool, right? I see what you did there, Mark. Yeah, okay, wait. Look, he's right over there. Let's just go ask him. Well, you know, we probably shouldn't bother him. What do you mean? We're media. That's our job. Follow me. Uh, okay, but, but let me ask him. Hey, Chad, I'm Mark Knutson. This is Manny Randall. We do a podcast called the Park Adjusted Rockies Podcast. He came up with the name. Congrats on your great start to the season. Are you liking it here? He's got a question for you, Chad. Okay, I heard somewhere that you're wearing number 41 here as a Rocky because, you know, I wore it a while back. A long okay, while back. Okay, whatever. I wore 41 in Milwaukee, as I'm sure you know, since I heard you grew up a Brewers fan and all. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, grew up in Delaware. Um, you know, kind of watched the Phillies kind of growing up, but uh, never really heard of you. So when they gave me 41, I don't think it really had some uh, significance behind it. Sorry. Yeah, what's what show am I on? It's the Park Adjusted Rockies Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mark Knudsen and Manny Randawa. As September nears, it becomes prospect season for the Colorado Rockies once again. So will we see any new, fresh faces in the everyday lineup? This week on the Park Adjusted Rockies Podcast, we talk with our buddy Thomas Harding of MLB.com about prospect capital, the transfer market, and contract rebellion. Will the Rockies partake in any of this? We ask and we try to answer as best we can right after this. Stay tuned. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than DenverAutographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall. Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at DenverAutographs.com. The place to catch all the big game action is at Stoney's Bar and Grill, now with four great locations, including Winter Park and the original at 11th and Lincoln. Great food, great service, and unrivaled game day atmosphere. There's no better place to watch your favorite teams in action. To find out more, check out Stoney'sBarandGrill.com. Well, Manny, it's September, or September's on the horizon. That means a few things around here. It means football season. It means the start oh, wait, of school. It's always football season, though. Well, true. I'm confused. It also means prospect season for the Colorado Rockies, out of contention every five out of every six years at this point, chance to play the young guys. It's not as like it, not like it used to be where you expand your 40 man roster and bring up a lot of new faces and get a chance to look at a lot of you guys. But it is a time where we hope to see more Montero and less Blackman kind of thing. And Thomas Harding has been all over that. Your colleague at MLB.com all over prospects. Thomas, we talked earlier, they can only call up two guys now essentially, or maybe activate two guys off the disabled list or whatever, have a 28 man roster. So it's just not the same as September call-ups used to be. No, it's not. And frankly, I don't like that very much. I mean, I'm with you. The- I'm with you. Yeah, at the end of a long season, first of all, as a fan, as an observer of baseball, at the end of a long season, it's nice to get new blood in and and, and see some of those guys and start at least thinking about next year. Now, I will say that a lot of what happens in September, you can't trust to go into the next season. But still, you'd rather see something that you can't trust. And you'd rather see a few different people in there. And some teams use it well. But let's face it. It was abused at times. I mean, I go back to when the Giants were very good and Bruce Bochy had, I think it was 1.3 million relievers on a 40-man roster. (laughs) And a guy would face one guy 
Then Bochi would amble out there. He was one of the slowest runners when he was a player. I will and say, very I, I, I will say though, as Thomas, a, as he has three World Series rings on his fingers too. Right? Yeah, I, I mean, but the thing is, what most of it when, when when I think of the Giants World Series dominance, those three World Series rings, may, maybe it's not the first image, but maybe the third or fourth image is Bruce Bochy taking out there. three minutes to get to the mound, then four more minutes to get back to the dugout. Then his reliever gets one guy out, and the same thing's repeated. So I understand some of it, but I do think that they went too low on the roster. Level. I agree with that's that. Why I mean, Boch, that's why Bochy might not come back, is that the game has changed to the point where it's <laughs> like you can't do that stuff anymore. Yeah. And it's like, uh-huh. oh, well, what's yeah. the point? Yeah. You're right. <laughs> You're right. You know, and there was some there was something romantic about September call-ups too in the old days. Bud Black, for instance, got his first taste of Major League Baseball as a relief right. pitcher in September. And a lot of guys, Gary Sheffield, when I was in Milwaukee, he was a September call-up. Now, there's something cool about that. It, yes. Um, who else? I'm, I'm thinking. I think Castilla, maybe. There's a lot of guys who got that opportunity and aren't going to get it now. And you got to wait for a Tovar and, and you know, Toglia. We got to wait to see those guys. And that's unfortunate. But Thomas, will the Rockies change course in September? Will they stop this? We like our team. The four worst words I've heard all year. We like our team. Will they change that and start all tinkering with the lineup and let the, some of the younger guys play more Justin Lawrence and less Jolie's Chessine, for instance? Will that be part of September? Well, I'm not sure we've seen Jolie's chest scene for a while. Yeah. For example, you are seeing Jolie's really chest started... scene, by the way, is forever Rocky. He's on the roster even when he's not. That's right. <laughs> One of the best wars in club history. Right? Yeah. But if you look at the team right now, you're seeing a lot of Jake Bird. Yeah. Um, this week, you've seen some of Justin Lawrence when the team was behind. I think you'll see a bit of that for, for, the, for the rest of the season. I don't think enough of it. I mean, there are a couple of relievers down there like Chad Smith, like Julian Fernandez that they knocked off the roster, but he pitched well coming back in, in AAA, not on the roster. I'd like to see him up here. So I would like to see some of that at the end of the season. And with a 28-man roster, it's kind of tough to do. Who are the two guys? Are they just going to activate Daza and maybe Bryant, and that'll be it? Or will they call anybody from the minor leagues? Um, Daza, Bryant will probably be back on the roster. Um, know exactly how that'll work. I mean, Winton Bernard has actually played half-decent yeah. baseball. Mm-hmm. I know that they don't want to just give guys call-ups. And, like, you look at a guy like a Ryan Vallade, high draft pick for them, but he really hasn't turned the corner offensively. And in the old 40-man days, maybe he'd get some at-bats in September. I don't think he's going to get them this year. So where are we now, Thomas? They, uh, they're they 17 games under 500 on, um, what's today? August 21st. Uh, uh, this this is a this is a team that is, well, you talked about it in your latest newsletter. Plug for the newsletter, MLB.com Rockies newsletter. Check it out. Thomas Harding, twice a week. It's pretty great. This last one was about uh, how with Antonio Sensatella getting hurt and no death virtually, in the uh, yep. with the pitching rotation um pitching staff as a whole and not you know nothing really promising in the high minors what are they going to do they are going to have to do something about the starting rotation and if you look at it here you do not see the guys that are in triple a that are about to get their shot i do think that ryan feltner will be part of it moving forward but still when you go into the season with uh Senzatella not coming back till may that's three spots on the rotation. And I don't know that Ryan Feltner is ready for an opening day rotation. We'll find out next year. But basically, they're going to have to get a pitcher or two in here. 
The question is how, when yeah. it comes to free agents, a lot of the better free agents either cross the Rockies off the list or they price themselves out of it. It's usually, and we've seen, we've seen this um, before, actually after Hampton and Nagel, I don't think it's changed. It's one extra year at top dollar more to pitch in Colorado mm. than to go anywhere else. And I'm not sure it's totally worth it for them to do that. So, but my thing is you do have a really good minor league system at the lower levels. I was talking to people who actually see the class A teams play and they're like, listen, there are times when you'll hear about prospects and it's like, okay, you got to say something. There are times when they're legit. They feel like that not only are the prospects you hear about legit, but there are some guys that maybe aren't ready for the 40 man roster that are pretty good. Guess what that is? That's, prospect capital no. you can use that to make deals to get players in here um I, I think you need to comb the rosters of teams that maybe want to take a step back and see if they have a proven starting pitcher that would really be kind of one move forward for the Rockies. so even a triple a guy who's on the cusp right even somebody who's who's had his dipped his toe in the major league pool but hasn't can't get a chance with a certain organization maybe he get a chance with the rockies are those guys out there are they available I wonder, though, if that's a situation where you want somebody established as a back end guy. Right. I mean, because if, you, if you're if another you're Chad be, cool, if you're for sure going to be missing to since tele for a month, you know, in the next season or whatever, that's going to be a situation where it's like, can we take a chance on a guy? So, Thomas, I think what you're saying is the transfer market um, is is going to be what we're what we're really looking at probably more so than the contract rebellion that occurs every off season and 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 for those who are listening who aren't <laughs> soccer people and I'm not a soccer person either but I, I these terms are incredible too too great to pass up contract rebellion is free agency and transfer uh, yes. the transfer Do, protocol uh, the transfer market that, is trade the trade market well the, the transfer market is often trade market it would be called. Um, a swap transfer, yes, like Nolan Arenado went to the St. Louis Cardinals on a swap transfer, you know, that type of thing. As far as um, for free agency is concerned, when you become a free agent and you don't re-sign with your team, suddenly you become a contract rebel. Like so are there, any, are there any rebels rebel. out there that the Rockies, the Rockies yes. are not a very rebellious type of culture. I would say in their clubhouse, they don't like the word rebel. Well, do they? And that that goes for the word rebel and its and in its in its usual meaning and in its meaning yep. with regard to free agent pitchers. Well, here's the problem: is that if they're rebelling, <laughs> rebel, if the rebellion is to get more money, they're yep. not coming here because yep. they're going somewhere else to get more money. If you if you look at the free agent, um, for example, ever since Kyle Kendrick signed here on a one year deal. The last guy with any kind of major league time that assigned with this team and, and was a major league pitcher at the time was Chad Cool this year. Mm -hmm. You've got to look a little bit higher on the food chain. Nothing against Chad Cool, but you got to look higher on the food chain. And I think when you start looking there, it becomes cost prohibitive. And there, you have to start making deals. You, you really need to go to the winter meetings, the GM meetings, and Look who's out there and see what you can trade for. And don't forget, you've got other holes. But I think that when it comes to starting pitching, they it. need to make a trade. Can you, can you really transfers. do that? Can you really do that if you're embracing this we like our team mentality that we like our own guys? We're not willing to part with anybody because we like who we have. I mean, that's been a that's been an albatross around this organization's neck for 30 years. Well, the well, the albatross has to be dumped into the ocean at this point. Agreed. I mean, come on. That it, it's got to go. And 
when, when I when I start talking around and I talk to a whole lot of people around that organization, and it seems like that feeling is there that now when this young group of people come up, I think that they're going to get their shot. They're going to get their opportunity. And a number of them are legitimate. But in this interim here, I think that they're going to have to kind of maybe step mm. away from the way they usually do business. And here's why. The Rockies, they're bad this year, but they never tank. Right. They go out and sign a Chris Bryant. Yeah. They go out and sign a Jose Iglesias and, and, and CJ Crone, thinking that if all stays together, if they, you know, if they don't have injuries, they may have a chance. Well, what they're going to have to do is follow up those signings with getting proven major league players to have a deeper roster. The issue this year, Chris Bryant got hurt and the house of cards fell. They, they did not have people to plug in there. I think that they're going to have to get one more guy for the starting lineup. And that's that's something we can discuss. And that may have to be in the transfer market as opposed to finding contract rebels. But seriously, they, they need another bat in the daily lineup. And then the depth picture has to be better than what it was this year. You I mean, can't just you can't stack a house of cards on Chris Bryant's back. Exactly right. 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 That's Thomas's, by the right. way. I'm not. And, I'm not. I'm taking that from him. And I mean, then it I, all I, fell. And once they fell apart, it all fell apart. It fell onto his foot. <laughs> yeah, it all fell onto his foot. And it, it, the thing about Chris Bryant is, w- what a wonderful guy to have in your lineup. I mean, this team. That that's. I think that's one of the frustrations of this team. And you can be fooled by it. But the frustration is that they were 20 and 22 with Chris Bryant. But keep in mind that some of those were when his foot was killing them and after Tyler Kinley got hurt. So there was not enough depth around them. But the way that they're playing with Chris Bryant, I mean, I'm looking at the San Francisco Giants, who aren't very good. But they're a game below 500 right now and at least nominally in the playoff race. So think about that. But so that's why I think they get frustrated. The problem is if they say Chris Bryant's injury, Tyler Kennelly's injury, those are the things that killed us and we'll just come back the same. You've got Mm -hmm. the same problem that you can't cover Mm -hmm. for the injuries. You've got to have a higher level player coming off the bench or you've got to, or maybe from player, if you were to rank the players for player, maybe seven, eight down, they've got to be better. There's got to be, a certain threshold you don't want to go below. Thomas, I want to ask you about two pitchers, um, Peter Lambert and Ryan Rolison. What's their status and how realistic is it to expect them to be at least in the mix at some point next year? Um, that's what the Rockies really want to happen. The guy that I have a lot of concern about, though, is Peter Lambert, because when you have Tommy John surgery and then it's a slow comeback. And then um, a few weeks ago, he had a PRP shot in that same elbow. It's scary because yeah. uh, that's that's saying that the recovery isn't going as planned. Now, yeah. um, Ryan Rollison, he did have a shoulder cleanup situation. Shoulders are always a little bit iffy. I, I, I've heard nothing that says that, that he's in a dire situation, but I do want to see him pitch. I do want to see him pitch at the AAA level and see if he can get guys out, especially in a um, in a tough situation. That injury concerns me um, the first because it is a shoulder. However, I've not heard anything dire about it, so I think he could be back from it. 
but we have to see him on the mound pitching at the AAA level because don't forget, he's only had a handful of AAA starts. So we don't know what adjustments he has to make to be a major league pitcher. You know, Lambert was a guy who wasn't supposed to, it wasn't touted as a flamethrower. He was more of a Maddox style pitcher. Then he comes up his first couple starts and he's throwing 95, 96 and people get excited about him. And then he, he came back to reality, 92, 91, 92 was getting knocked all over the place because his location was nothing close to Maddox-like. As he learned to pitch during this period, and maybe if he learns to pitch more Maddox-ish, there's less strain on the elbow. And are they teaching him anything like that? Well, it's hard with him because the elbow has been hurt for so long. Yeah. Um, what was happening was when he struggled, they worked on some things about his delivery that I think all along they knew were kind of uh, iffy about the delivery. And you saw some some results early in spring training where he could locate pitches better because he was getting the ball out of his glove on time and mm -hmm. he was able to keep himself going toward home plate. But then when the elbow went, he, he just simply hasn't pitched enough to know what he can do. And mm -hmm. that's that's the situation with him. I mean, I do worry about that because, like, as I said earlier, when your elbow gives you this much trouble and don't forget the Tommy John surgery was in 2020. So yes. we're talking a couple years and then yep. into the third year. Are we missing out on any other prospects that we should be excited about from double from A AA or triple A? I mean, everyone, everybody wants to talk about Tovar and Toglia and, and those guys, but is there anybody else, uh, you know, the, Zach Veen? I mean, how close are any of these guys? Well, Zach Veen, I think just, um, if I'm not mistaken, he just moved to the double A level, which so. tells me that he could be in the major leagues next year. He is mm -hmm. a legitimate prospect. Let's go. Um, let's go hits, a year from now. Let's say. Let's, yeah. Sorry, Thomas. Let's go a year from now, and let's say the Rockies are fifty-three and seventy. Okay, in two thousand twenty-three. At this time in two thousand twenty-three, let's say they're exactly the same spot. Who are we seeing? Well, I think first of all, um, Ezekiel Tovar will be already here. Mm -hmm. I mean, he okay. may be here at the start of spring at, at the start of the regular season, where you're taking a lump with a young shortstop. I think that. Um, Zach Veen, you would probably be seeing him sometime a little bit after the All-Star break, the way that he's played. A guy that I think he would, I, I, I don't know exactly what the ceiling is on him, but Carl Kaufman, who's that AAA right-hander out of Michigan. Guy that the stuff is not top-notch, but when he pitches, he pitches well. The problem is he's run into some walk situations in AAA, so he's got to get used to facing higher level, more mature hitters. So those three, I think you could see. And I think there may be a couple more surprises a little bit lower in the system. Um, just not sure who those guys are going to be quite yet. If Toglia, um, if Toglia just goes off, there's, there's, it's not out of the realm of possibility that we see him late next year, right? Yeah, yeah, not out of the realm of possibility. However, if Toglia goes off, is Toglia part of the prospect capital to get you what you want? That's mm. the question that I have. Well, they, because, and, and then the second question is, will they part with it? They have a history of yeah, they don't. holding on to guys that yep. they maybe shouldn't have held on to. Yeah, well, I, I would think that if they parted with them, it would be in the offseason. If it happens mm. during the season, I think that they would have to revisit the C.J. Crone situation. Because don't forget, Elias Montero is in the major leagues right now. And actually, when you look at it, he's taking some at-bats from Crone, who's really struggling. What happens if Crone is, is hitting well and the team is struggling? Then maybe he has a market out there. I do know that some teams did check on Crone kind of early in the process, and they backed away. Ever since he was hit by that pitch in Arizona, mm -hmm. the numbers have plummeted. 
So at the trade deadline, I just didn't think there was a market for him because don't forget, there's another team in this. And when a team is looking, yeah, it would be great for the Rockies to rebuild their system, but the other team is looking for guys to get them in the playoffs. And the way C.J. Crone was hitting, unfortunately, he wasn't going to get you to the playoffs. In, and, a, perfect world, in a perfect world, where's Montero's position? Where's he here every day? What? Um, most days designated hitter. Some days first base, a few days third base. So but most uh, days designated hitter. Alurius Montero is, I think, b- besides Wynton Bernard and the story behind him, and, and he's played pretty well, mm-hmm. Montero is the bright, shining star yes. yeah. of this team right now. And he's he hit three home runs this weekend. Um, he's got massive power. He hits the ball very hard. Things that the Rockies generally don't do very well and 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 consistently. And he's doing it. And I got to believe it's exciting the fan base a little bit because yep. um, you see a guy that swing that 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 nice that the, the kind of swing that he has and the kind of power he generates. Yeah, he's a rookie. He's starting out. There's going to be a book on him. We talk with Buddy all the time about books and counter books and counter counter books and all that and how guys do counter adjustments. But Montero. I mean, you got to. I'm sure people who are following the Rockies or longtime fans of the Rockies are have these dreams of watching Montero and uh, Tovar in the same lineup next year. Yep. So it's like, as in, we can see it coming and there's light at the end of the tunnel where we can see these two guys playing together every day. What might that look like in middle of 2023? And does this signal finally this kind of youth movement? that is going to take the Rockies to the next phase of their program. Whereas right now in the last four years, it seemed very directionless. Well, uh, okay. First of all, let, let's go back to Montero. When I see him hit and you go back and you look at a lot of the good hitters that have come through here, he's different from Todd Helton, but kind of the same. He's different from Matt Holliday, but kind of the same. He's different from, let's say even a Nolan Arenado, but kind of the same in that when I watch him, he has a good idea in the batter's box. He's big and strong, but he's not just this big swing and miss guy. I think that he had a bad at bad in extra innings. Some of that was rookie stuff, but he's a hitter who is growing into his power. I mean, that that's what I like about him. Now I won't say he's the one good story about this team because I think Brendan Rodgers is actually emerging as something a little bit more than just a guy in this lineup that, oh, that no he doubt. could really be somebody Brendan Rodgers um, I think if I think when they were talking about you know during the near the trade deadline I said I would you know everybody on the roster outside of you know Montero yep. um and Brendan Rodgers really is 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 a, is, a, is a potential you know trade right. potential person to trade but like Rogers seems to me to be a guy who could be a multiple all-star and a gold glove winner. In fact, he's making a case for the gold glove at second base. He's yeah, got he the is. most I mean, and that's, run saved. And that's amazing given where he was earlier this season. Yeah, yep. that, that, that's a, that's a dramatic um, development there. I mean, when I look now, when I look at him, I, I, I don't even place a ceiling on him. I don't know how good he's going to be. I mean, now, I won't. I, I don't think he'll be DJ LeMayhew good, but how many second basemen of this generation have been? But when, as he climbs as a defensive player, I like what I see, and I can't say that I that I felt that way at the start of this season. But he has he has really made a difference, and I think one of the things with him was, and it, and it's funny because we kind of discounted this a bit. He had shoulder surgery a couple of years ago. And now that the shoulder feels better, 
he's able to go to his right and able to make plays. Um, so, so I do like what I see with him. Yeah, I like Montero. I think that he's going to be a part of this thing. Um, even if he has to move from position to position, one of the things I'm noticing is that early on, there was a lot of work with him at third base. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of the pregame work is at first base. A lot of the extra work that's is That's kind of necessitated by the crone slump, too, yep. right? Yeah, well, that's partly necessitated, but also the question is, what is he better at? And my feeling is first base. He's been pretty because, good at Yeah, because the, the range factor, I don't see it at third base. I think there are things he could do to increase his range. I think the arm factor, he has a, he has a good arm but some of the fundamentals he can work on at third base. So they're working in two positions, but I do believe that first base is his position. What player or players on this current team that are established guys might not be here next year? Who's ready for the transfer market from the big league squad? Okay, yeah, I I think when you look at this roster, got to open up spots for the young guys somehow. Yeah, yeah, you got to open up those spots. I mean, you 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 go to AAA. I think I mentioned Ryan Vallade. Has he? progress to the point that he can hold a roster spot. Um, you look at at the major league level, let's see here, uh, Garrett Hampson, who has some value out there, the, the number of positions that he plays, and really plays well at at, at the middle of the diamond positions. But the, the um, hitting that you need, does he give that to you here? You look at a guy like... Um, Sam Hilliard is the guy like I'm thinking Sam about. Hilliard. Yeah. I'm just thinking Sam Hilliard. Hilliard too. I don't know that there's yeah. anything out there, that any, any yeah. value to be to be given unless somebody wants well, to make him a project and say, let's get him out of Colorado. Right. Yeah. When, when I, yeah. When I, when I look at a guy like a, you know, like, like a Sam Hilliard, could it be that he figures it out and hits a bunch of home runs somewhere? Yes. Yeah. Is it going to happen here? I think it may be better elsewhere if they were able to make, if they, they were able to make that move as they clear their roster from, from a pitching side, I'm not sure exactly what they're, you know, exactly what they need to do. But they need to make some moves there. I'm more concerned with not necessarily who you knock off the roster at the end of the season, because you will do that some. There'll be some natural attrition. But and I don't know these things because I don't watch um, the rookie levels. I don't watch the A levels. Who are the guys out there that other teams really like? If you recall a few years ago when the Brewers went through their retool. They studied the lower parts of teams' farm system and made a lot of deals that way. I think there are teams out there like that, and I think maybe the Rockies can get some of what they need that way. Well, they've been they've been loath to part with prospects and loath to part with established big leaguers. But I mean, could you could either of you see a scenario where Ryan McMahon is is traded or Crone is traded or? Crone is going to a lot of a lot's going to depend on like Thomas was Health. talking about earlier is he bounce back um, because, you know, he's been really. But would they part with good him? Since, oh. since he was hit by that pitch in, I guess, Arizona or somewhere? Would they part with him? Would they part? Yeah, they well, I think if he's on, he's on an expiring contract, you know, you just you, you, it would make sense to. But then again, Bard, you know, Bard, Daniel Bard. And yep. So it's like, I, I don't know, but I think you got to think about it because at some point yeah i mean I, i'm trying to convince myself that it's right. some world that they will <laughs> but i can't i can't do it yep. so well, I, he, I'm just here, here's my that. issue here is that crone yes they could part with them um i'm not sure exactly what the market is I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the market is for him the difference between him and daniel bard is this they can replace cj crone right they can't they yeah, don't a have position. a closer yeah if yeah. they were in, and I, bard's I, I been 
Fantastic. some of these younger guys that come along, I think that they, I think they would have replaced the Daniel Bard. But right now, and don't forget, like I say, they still think that they can. Um, That's we like our they, team. They think that they can compete. We like our yeah. team. That's no, why no, you sign a thirty-seven-year-old closer to yeah, have I, an I, extension. I, yeah, uh, I, it, it's that. I don't think that hurts the building program of coming from Class A. I don't think you necessarily need to get rid of him to have that because if you get rid of him and you're half decent, then you don't have a closer. Well, with, well, with Bard, I, I, it's more coming, like coming, just restock and just punt the rest of this yeah. season and next season. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I, 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 I don't. But that's not how they believe operate, so. that that. Yeah, I, they don't do it. I don't necessarily believe in it because I've not seen it work anywhere except for you know the three or four big market teams that can do it. But I they, just don't see that working. They grossly overpaid him too, and this this money conscious organization now has less money to spend elsewhere because they overspent <laughs> on a thirty seven year old closer. Yeah, I do think if they had let him go and they got into the closer market, they would have either been trying to do a retread closer or pay more for an established closer, and that, I don't um, I don't see that happening. So, how does, how, so yeah, this is, I mean, what we're talking about now is kind of the, and it's very tempting to go back there because it's such a, it's such a big topic around here is like, it's philosophical and we're nope. not going to change their philosophy. So nope. what is it that makes it so that this club, um, MLB.com or MLB Pipeline recently came out with a, a re-ranked top, top 100 prospects, re-ranked top 30 in each organization. And they had this thing. It's not exactly the same as like uh, farm system rankings. They haven't done that right. yet, but they have this thing called prospect, almost kind of what Thomas was talking about, prospect capital. It's yes. not prospect capital. It's prospect points. And right. uh, the Rockies were 10th in baseball on that. And so uh, because of, uh, you know, a major part of that was this haul that they got in this draft, right. um, they were in good position to make good draft picks. And they, they for what you can say they did so far, they made good good picks. What, and, and what, how does this, of, how does this point, how does this, how do the Rockies get from where they are in the bottom 10 to what they've started to do now? How do they get themselves into the top 10? Right. I think, uh, I, I think a couple of things, first of all, getting to the top 10, as far as prospects are concerned, if a couple more guys pop like a Benny Montgomery, Fios, that'll be fine. Yep. I think what actually, if you look at what the rankings What's happened with the Rockies is two things. Number one, a couple of draft picks have have looked pretty good. I mean, Drew Romo, Zach Veen, they've looked really good. But what pushed them into the up to wherever they are on the prospect points is the Latin American program. Mm -hmm. And this is something that they quietly did a couple of years ago. That they basically what they did was they they're turning the draft into heavy college pitchers. Yep, uh, and if they do find the home run hitter or somebody like that, or a shortstop like the fourth round pick, they'll draft him. Or, or in some of the guys after the first round, they hit some home runs. They're decent hitters. But for the rest of it, the international program is starting to produce position players, and it and it's really interesting because I've thought that this was a place that the Rockies could have made some hay a few years ago. They did it back. At, back early remember when they were venezuela's team with cargo but also all those pictures that came through it fell off for a bit i think when venezuela kind of closed as far as uh, as far as what was going on with that country i think it really hurt them they're they're back on the on the right track as far as developing prospects from latin america and that's why i when, when i look at this farm system 
you don't have to hoard all those guys. There are guys that other teams are like, hey, Rocky signed this guy that we wanted. It's like, let's throw him into a trade for a starting pitcher. Let's throw mm-hmm. him into a trade for an established bat. So we'll when I, when I look it. at that, yeah, when I look at that, that's that's my thought. And because right now, if you look at, say, center field, Jonathan Daza looks like a really good kind of backup outfield. I think that they need a bigger bat out there. Yep. How do you get them? And that's the best place to go to get them is to trade some of those prospects lower on. But granted, that's also what you have to do as, to get starting pitching. As Manny has been pointing out, though, Thomas, we're, we're talking organizational philosophies and we're trying to change theirs and it's not really going to happen. So we can keep our fingers crossed and hope they make some moves like that. But as at, at this point, it does. I mean, we're, we're in the hamster wheel. We're in the hamster wheel as you talk as you've talked about, Thomas. We still yeah. live there. Hey Thomas, we gotta let you go. We gotta let you get home. You've been at Coors Field since daybreak. You're <laughs> right. burned out as right always, now. burning that midnight. Yeah. Thomas Hardy, right. Hardy the hardest well, yeah. one in sports. Get home. You got soccer highlights to watch when you get home. So we'll That's let right. you go. Yeah, the, just the last thing I'm gonna say on this is and I think it's it's happening internally too, is that yeah, we talk about them doing the exact same thing over and over. They literally though, to to field a competent big league roster have no choice but to change. You're right. You're right. Hey, man, you got a close? Yep. Thomas, we appreciate it as always. See you at the ballpark. Man, you got a closer for us? Yep. Thanks. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than denverautographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall, Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at denverautographs.com. The place to catch all the big game action is at Stoney's Bar and Grill, now with four great locations, including Winter Park and the original at 11th and Lincoln. Great food, great service, and unrivaled game day atmosphere. There's no better place to watch your favorite teams in action. To find out more, check out stoneysbarandgrill.com. If you're a Rockies fan, what are you hoping to see in the next couple of seasons? Well, when Elihuiris Montero launched three home runs against the Giants this weekend, it got me thinking, what might the future bring to this team if the kids actually pan out? What if Ezekiel Tovar is as good as he's been all year at AA as he gets promoted to AAA and eventually the big leagues? It's not far-fetched at all to see the young shortstop making next year's club out of spring training. Then there's Brendan Rodgers, who since May has actually been pretty good at the plate, and very good defensively, to the tune of 15 defensive runs saved this season, most among MLB second basemen. And how about first baseman Michael Toglia, who was recently promoted to AAA and already has three homers in his first 11 games with Albuquerque? We could see him in the big leagues at some point next season. Add in Zach Veen, who was recently promoted to AA after posting an 806 OPS with 11 homers and 50 steals in 92 games for high A Spokane. It's conceivable he could be here as soon as midseason 2023 as well. You never hit on all your prospects, which is why being a quote-unquote draft and develop organization can be dicey at times. But there is a path to a pretty decent-looking young lineup in the intermediate term. There will be growing pains, and as our guest on today's podcast, Thomas Harding, noted, moves will need to be made, likely from the prospect capital the Rockies have in the low minors, to fortify the big league club in 2023, given the front office's perpetual compete-now mode. We'll see how it all turns out, but in any case, there seems to be something to look forward to for the Rockies, at least in terms of a few faces who can make an impact at 20th and Blake sooner rather than later. Manny with an upbeat walk-off this week to close out this episode of the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. Our thanks to Thomas Harding of MLB.com for sharing his insights, and thanks to you for listening. More good news next week? Hope you join us to find out. 
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.